the lie the church told me was that being at church enough and doing enough was enough to be a good Christian. I was a super Christian. If the doors got opened and the lights turned on, I probably did it. And if the lights got turned off and the doors locked, I probably did that as well. Um, I had lots of friends at church. I had people I loved, people who I thought loved me. I had gotten so focused on doing the work of God that I no longer focused on loving God. Um, working for God cannot replace a relationship with Him. Uh, in doing this, uh, I didn't realize how far away I was moving from what He really wanted in my life. Uh, and I found myself beginning to fall back into the sins that, that I'd struggled with before I'd gotten saved. Uh, and the choices I made, um, to be honest, they destroyed my family, they destroyed my ministry, they destroyed my friendships. Uh, I found myself in a really dark place. Not the church's fault, but because I had run so far away from God thinking I could work for Him and replace my relationship with Him. Doing things for God is not the same as loving God. I had the best intentions and thought my work was what He wanted. What God wanted was my heart. I was so burned out and far from God that I stopped living like God wanted me to and returned to the sins and the things I'd struggled with before I'd gotten saved. These choices damaged my ministry, my friendships, my family, and my faith. Uh, as only God can do, He restored me. Uh, he brought my family back together, uh, and He brought me back to a place of faith. Um, through this, I realized that working for God does not replace loving God. Today, I work for God because I love Him, not because I think that my work will substitute for the hard work of being in a relationship with Him. Uh, one of the truly painful parts um, of my fall from grace uh, was when the men I loved and the, and the friends that I was so close to told me that they knew that I was going in a direction uh, that was going to lead to hurt. Um, but they were afraid that I would be angry uh, if they said anything. It was like they were watching me walk off the end of a cliff and said nothing. Uh, today I'm intentional about surrounding myself with people who have permission to love me enough to be honest about what they see going on in my life. Uh, those people are my small group, my wife, uh, and the men I call accountability partners. I have promised myself that I will never sit by and watch the people I love fall without speaking up. I will never again believe the lie that being around the church and Christians is the same as being in a relationship with God and with Christians who truly love me. Good morning. How you guys doing, One Church? Fantastic. Just a big, huge shout out to the band and Josh. It's so wonderful just being able to come and worship. And I hope you guys enjoy just being able to just come and sing. And just and one of the reasons why we do what we do here, we have the lights down so that you can do whatever you need to do to just make sure you and God are there. Um, and of course, that, that starts here on Sunday mornings, but it has to go even beyond that. It has to go beyond just the Sunday morning faith. And uh, I hope that as you continue to do life here at one church and around some of the other churches here, that you will allow that to seep through deep down, and this will just move from being a Sunday morning thing, a Sunday morning trend or a fad, and this will start changing your life. And that, in a lot of ways, that's what we're talking about today in our last series called Lies That the Church Told Me. We started this, uh, this series about three weeks ago, and we talked to this, that a lot of times the church, without meaning to, can tell us some things that just doesn't quite jive with the Bible. The first week, we looked at the lie that you catch sin from sinners, that sin is like a contagious virus. And a lot of times, church uh, will tell you, don't hang out with people because you're going to become like them. 
And uh, we looked how Jesus, the type of people that Jesus hung out with. He hung out with prostitutes, drunks, gluttons, people who gambled too much, people who just would throw their life away just at a whim. That he hung out with people who were messy. And that the church is not just for church people. The church is not just for people who look like they belong in the church. But church is for people, for everybody, for people who are messy. In fact, just to let you know, and I even shared this with you last week, that we're talking about this, but we're also talking about some of our core values and our mission here as a church. And we believe here at One Church passionately that church, that church is for everybody, not just for the goody-two-shoes. Because I've got to be honest with you, I've not been goody-two-shoes all my life. Have you? Hope not. Some of you are like, yeah, maybe I have, and then you're probably in denial. All right? It's not just a river in Egypt. All right? Second, last week, the series that we looked at, the lie that we looked at was simply this. That I can't serve, God can't use me because I don't know enough. I, don't, I still ask some questions about the Bible, this and that, and I, just, I got so much to learn, so God can't use me. And we looked at last week that it doesn't really matter how much knowledge you have of God, as long as you come and allow God to use you, he will use you and he will do what only he can do. When you show up and you do what only you know what to do. We believe here at One Church that everybody has a place to serve. That it's not I have to, but it's I get to. I get to be a part of seeing people's lives changed. And I think that's really cool. Um, this week, we're talking about this line. It goes a little something like this. That if I'm going to grow up spiritually then what I need to do is I need to show up on Sunday morning. That the key to my spiritual walk, the key to me loving God more, is just to show up one hour on Sunday morning, and that's going to cut the mustard. Well, I'm going to say that's a lie. Because there are some things in your life, and there's some things in my life, that's just too difficult for us to do on our own. There's some things that, you know, it's just it's too hard. To just be able to do it by ourselves, So we need some help. To debunk this lie, I'm going to take you to two, two verses in the same book in the Old Testament. And it's the book of Proverbs. So if you have your Bibles, we give away Bibles here for free at One Church. You can start turning to the book of Proverbs. Chapter 13 is where we're going to start. If you don't have a Bible, but you have a smartphone, you can download version. or like my friends who uh, a couple of people brought some iPads today, I've already shown you how you can do that. All right, anyway, so by the way, I get no money from Apple or Steve Jobs promoting Apple products. Anyway, and then, uh, or if you, let's say you don't have a Bible, you don't have a smartphone, you're welcome to follow along on the screens, it'll be up there as well, all right? Now here's the thing, Solomon. Solomon was the wisest person who ever lived. That's what the Bible teaches us. And in fact, at the very beginning of Solomon's reign as king, he had a dream. God, how many of y'all saw the movie Inception? All right? How many of y'all liked the movie Inception? How many of y'all haven't seen it? Don't worry, Leonardo DiCaprio dies at the end. It's not that big of a deal. Anyway, so... um. But in, the whole premise of Inception is somebody planning a thought in somebody's mind while they're dreaming. Well, guess what? Solomon is dreaming at the very beginning of his reign as king, and God speaks to him in a dream. 
And this is what God says. You ask for one thing, anything you want, and I'll give it to you. Anything you want. You want money? I'll give you money. You want me to take care of all your enemies? I'll take care of all of your enemies. You ask for one thing. I mean, think about that. What would you ask for? And I don't yell it out loud. Because some of y'all are going, I know what I'd ask for. I got a list, a hit list, right? I mean, seriously, this is interesting stuff. Y'all, y'all you guys got to read the Bible. It's some fun stuff in there. So Solomon, he's dreaming, and God asked him the question, what do you want? And guess what Solomon asked for? He asked for wisdom. He says, you know what, I'm, kind of, I'm still a young fella, and I want to reign well as king. So I, I asked God that you would give me wisdom. And you know what? God answered his prayer, and he gave him wisdom. He was the most wisest person who ever lived. In fact, I think it took a lot of wisdom for him to even be able to ask for wisdom, don't you think? Now, he wrote three books of the Bible, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. Now, we're going to be looking at Proverbs. Proverbs is a cool book. Because even if you don't believe the Bible, even if you don't believe in Jesus, you can read the book of Proverbs, and if you follow it, it'll change your life. It's pretty cool. Uh, in fact, one verse really doesn't kind of hook up with the next verse. It, they're kind of like short, pithy sayings. They're kind of like Christian bumper stickers. You know, you read one verse, okay, that's good. You read the next verse, okay, that's good. And they really don't have a lot, each verse doesn't really have a lot to do with one another. So the short, little small things, if you don't have a lot of time reading the Bible, you go to Proverbs, you read a couple of verses, you go, okay, I'm cool. Now here's the thing. He wrote Proverbs, and that's what we're going to be in. But he also wrote Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes is kind of a bum of a book. It's a book that you don't want to read until you turn 40. All right? Now, I turned 40 a month from tomorrow. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not bitter. Uh, you know, I'm going to read it. i probably read that on my birthday. and probably <laughs> But... Ecclesiastes is one of those books you read when the stuff, when life, when the wheels start falling off. Because that's what Ecclesiastes is all about. And then he wrote another book called Song of Solomon. You don't want to read Song of Solomon until you're married. Because Song of Solomon, it's a highly erotic love story. Some of y'all are going, give me the page number. Right now. No, I'm serious. Give me the page number. All right. You got to read the Bible. It's exciting. In fact, so much so that the, the, the priest and the people, the scribe, they would not allow young Jewish boys to read the Song of Solomon until they got married. In fact, what happens is many times the, the young Jewish boys, would, they would sneak in to the synagogue and they would get out the Song of Solomon. They would read it in the flashlight in the middle of the night and they would snicker because they didn't have the internet yet. Okay? So Song of Solomon, great book. You need to read it. All right? Eight chapters. I read it last week. Anyway, now, we're going to be in Proverbs today, all right, Proverbs, and we're going to be looking at Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20, and here is what it says. It says, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffer harm. Let's all say that together. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Take the verse off, Lou, and let's see if we can set up by memory. Ready? He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Very good. Even if you're not a Christian, even if you're not a religious person, you know that principle that you just saw up on the screen is true, that he who walks with the wise, you will become wise. But a companion of fools will suffer harm. 
Now, let's define some of that. You can throw that verse back up there. He who walks with the wise. I want to hit walks for a little bit because some people, you know, uh, walks is not just hanging out with or just spending time with a person on a Friday night. Walking is something that you're doing kind of day in and day out. It's an ongoing activity. Now, let's talk about the word wise. What does it mean to have wisdom in the biblical perspective or to be wise? Well, it's simply this. Somebody who's wise is somebody who sees life from God's perspective and makes decisions based upon what God has to say about them. So somebody who's wise is somebody who sees life the way God sees life and 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 chooses to do life the way God tells you to do life. Now, that's wisdom. Now, but it's contrast here with what? Fool. What does it mean to be a fool? Well, somebody who is a fool in the biblical sense is somebody who knows the difference between right and wrong, but doesn't care. You know, if you eat that, it's not going to go well for you. So, you know, if you, uh, if you make that decision, uh, it's probably not going to go well for your marriage. So, you know, if you drive too fast, you're going to get a ticket. So, you know, if you keep on smoking the way you do, it, it, you're probably going to get sick. So, you see... All of us have been fools at one time, and some of you, you're raising some fools right now. Some of you are sitting beside a fool. Please don't raise your hand. Some of you were raised by a fool. But all of us, from one, in some time in our life, all of us have been fools. Now, I love this. Because it says, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. You expect it to say, he who walks with the wise grows wise, and who hangs out with a fool becomes a fool. But it doesn't say that. It says, a companion of fools will what? Suffer harm. You see, when you hang out with the fool, and you do life with the fool, and when life blows up around a fool you're going to catch some shrapnel if you're around a fool. If you're around, if you're doing life with the fool and things will eventually blow up, you're going to get hurt because you're in close proximity. When they make bad decisions, they're going to affect you because you are doing life with the fool. Let me throw you our big idea out here and then I want to talk about two caveats. Big idea is this. Your friends will determine the direction and the quality of your life. Your friends will determine the direction and the quality of your life. Let's all say that. Your friends will determine the direction and the quality of your life. As independent as you think you are, as cool and as slick as you think you are, as careful as you think you are with your values, the people that you hang out with, will determine your your values, they will determine your goals, they will determine which way your life is headed. Now I want to stop right here and talk about two things. The first one is this. Two weeks ago we talked about the lie that if you hang out with sin, sinners, you know, then you catch sin. And I said, no, it doesn't say that. But some of you, you're thinking, well, it sounds like you're contradicting yourself here. And I want you to let you know I'm not. Follow me on this one. Jesus, he hung out with Tax collectors, prostitutes, people who were, you know, they were just messy. Even though he hung out with them, he didn't walk with them. This says, he who walks with the wise will become wise. He he chose to spend some time with them, but he didn't do life with them. 
Who did he do life with? Well, he did life with his small group, around 12 guys who pretty much had the same vision. They were walking in the same direction and had the same goals as Jesus. That Jesus, even though he is God and he is God, he surrounded himself with a group of individuals that could lift him up when he was tired and down and when he was struggling and he needed encouragement. He hung out with people who were messy, yes, but he walked with his disciples, people who were going in the same direction with the same values. So this is not a contradiction. This is kind of an added to. You see, you can hang out with messy people, but what's going to keep you grounded is getting around a small group of people who can hold you accountable, who's moving in the same direction. So I want to say that. He who what? Walks with the wise will do what? Grow wise. But a companion, let everybody say it, a companion of fools will suffer harm. Proverbs 13, 20. So this isn't about just hanging out with fools, you're going to become foolish. No, this is saying if you walk with something, if you spend all of your time around fools, then you're going to suffer harm. Now the second thing I want to talk about is this, all of us have been a fool. Right? All of us have known things that we should have done and didn't do them. Isn't that right? All of us have made poor poor choices about our finances. All of us have made poor choices about character issues. All of us have made poor choices about integrity. All of us have made poor choices about who we ask as friends and who we don't. We have made some poor choices, and we knew it was wrong. But we chose to do it anyway. Last week, I had somebody in my community group, and uh, he was saying he talked about a time when he knew he shouldn't have done something, but he did it anyway. He bought a Porsche. I'm um, excuse me, a Porsche. He bought a used Porsche, and he knew he shouldn't have got it. There was just something about it in his mind. He was just like, don't do it, don't do it, but he did it anyway. And he said, you know, the first couple of weeks into it, he almost lost his license. He got so many speeding tickets. And uh, he was like, oh, it was not a good thing. And then as he's sharing, he said, you know, he said this, he says, and then it started breaking down because it was a used Porsche. And I couldn't afford the parts and this, and I finally unloaded it. And it was the, one of the wisest decisions I ever made. But he knew what he was doing is not probably what he was supposed to be. It wasn't the wisest thing to be doing. You know, you heard Luther's story at the beginning and how, you know, he knew that some of the things that he was doing wasn't right. In fact, you've heard Aaron Neville's song, right? Everybody plays the fool sometime. Mm, y'all know what I'm talking about? You've heard that song. In fact, that song was probably written about you. Because all of us at one time or another have played the fool. The thing about it is, when you choose to hang out with foolish people and you play the fool, they're not going to tell you that you're being foolish because they're fools. Some of you are going, what? I'm going to say that one more time. If you are acting foolish, and all of us have acted foolish at one time or another, correct? When you choose to act foolish and you hang out with people who are not wise, but are fools, they're not going to tell you that you're being stupid. Why? Because they're acting stupid. That is a huge principle. None of y'all wrote that down because you're like, you know, that's not deep. But think about it. That's the reason why you need to hang out with wise people because everybody has played the fool. And when you start acting foolish, you have some of those wise people saying, uh, is that the wisest choice you need to be doing? 
Why? Because your friends will determine the direction and the quality of your life. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to think about some of the worst mistakes you've ever made. Whatever it was, it may have been your spring break. It may have been the 90 days same as cash. It may have been, you know what, it's a lease, you know, and it looked good. And it may, Whatever it was, your worst, you're moving in together, pushing the, the, the boundaries too far when it comes to maybe intimacy matters. Whatever the worst mistake you've ever made, I want you to think about that. Didn't you make those decisions around people that you called friends? I mean, none of you, I don't think, would say, you know what, the worst decision I ever made in my life is because I was doing life with my enemies. We don't do that. We, we do life with people we think are our friends. But here's the problem with that. Two problems. Either they're fools, and when we do something foolish, they don't tell us that what we're doing is fools, foolish, because they're a fool. Or they know what we're doing is foolish, but they don't tell you to your face. Luther said it in in his story. He said, you know, there was people around me saying, you're making a bad choice. And it's, you're you're driving your life off a cliff. But the thing, and they said, "I, I saw it coming. But you know what? None of them told him to his face. That's not a friend. A friend will tell you're doing something dumb to your face. Friends Either looking back, either people who were foolish or people who didn't tell you the truth, and either way, they weren't true friends. Here's the problem with this Proverbs 13, 20. Let's say it all again, because I want us all to memorize this before we leave. He who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Here's the problem with this verse. How many of y'all have kids? All of us who have children, we think, you know what, this only applies to our children, right? How many of y'all got teenagers? Let us pray doubly for you. You see, you will talk about this to your teenagers all day long. Listen, you don't need to hang out with this person. Some of you have done some radical things like, I'm going to take them out of this school. We're going to move so we can go into another school system. Or you will pull them out of public school and put them in a private school because you don't like the people they're hanging out with. You know this applies to your teenagers and to your children. Here's the problem. is somehow... We don't think this applies to us as adults. Somehow, we don't think, you know what, just because we don't have pimples, we don't have acne, and we don't talk, and we don't, our voice doesn't crack, that this doesn't apply to us. And we would be wrong. This verse doesn't say, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm if you're a teenager. This applies to all walks of life, every season of life. And some of you, maybe the reason why you're telling your teenagers, you know what, maybe you shouldn't hang out with him. Maybe you shouldn't hang out with her. They're not the best influence. The reason why they're not listening to you is because they are following your actions and not your words. Because some of you are hanging out, adults, with some pretty foolish people. You're drinking buddies on Friday nights who you know they're not going in the same direction you want to go. Or maybe, ladies, some of your dancing, you know, chicks that you like hanging out with. Sorry, I was struggling there. (laughs) Moving on. Anywho, the thing of it is, this applies to everybody. It applies to children, 
teenagers, adults, 40-somethings, 50-somethings, 70-somethings. He who walks with the wise will grow wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Let me ask you a quick question. Who are you doing life with right now? Who are you walking with right now? Who in your life are you surrounding yourself with of somebody who can ask you some difficult questions? Should you be looking at that? Should you be spending your money on that? Who are you to tell me who to spend my money on? I'm sorry. I'm just your friend, and I love you. Now, you can either choose to listen to me or not. But I am going to love you too much to keep silent. Do you have some people in your life that says, should you really be going out to eat lunch with her? When you're married. Do you have some people in your life who can ask you hard questions? Who are you doing life with? I mean, some of us, we think, you know what, a a good friend is somebody who will be with us no matter what. Somebody who, even when we make stupid decisions, they'll make stupid decisions with us. Kind of like this Thelma and Louise clip. Y'all watch this. I remember going to the movies and watching this and all the ladies coming out going, oh, that was so touching. 
That was so beautiful. Oh, it's my mascara running. And, 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 the, and, and a lot of people, they said, you know, a true friend will drive off the cliff with you. And, you know, I understand where you're coming from about that because true friends, they do stick with you during dumb decisions. But let me tell you what a true friend does before that. They keep you from making a dumb decision like driving your life off of a cliff. I mean, true friends will keep you from saying, whoa, 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 do you know what you're saying? There is another way. There's a wiser way out of this. A true friend will keep you and will try to talk you out from making a dumb decision. True friends say, you know what? True friends don't say, you know, I saw that coming. Yeah, you really screwed up. Yeah, it stinks to be you. That's not a true friend. A true friend will get in your grill and say, you're being stupid. I want to take you to the next verse. Written by the same dude, Solomon, Proverbs chapter 27, verse 6, and it says this. Wounds from a friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. How do you know that you have a true friend around you? How do you know that you've hooked up and you've done life with a friend who is a good friend? Not somebody who will blast you out of the water when you leave the room. Not somebody who will talk bad about you at a moment's notice. That's wounds, but that's gossip. Gossip, the Bible calls, is sin. No, a true friend will get up in your life and to your face in the right way, in the right context, in the right time, and say, what you're doing isn't smart. You need to rethink this. You see, it's, it, it's easy for somebody to, to hear somebody's story and once they leave the room going, yeah, they're really screwed up, man. Yeah. No, no. You don't wait for them to leave the room. But while they're in the room, you get face to face and you say, I love you. And I accept you. But I love and accept you too much to allow you to drive your life to drive your friendship, to drive your finances, to drive your family, to drive your marriage off of a cliff. I love you, and I'm going to speak truth to you because wounds from a friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Do you have somebody in your life right now who can wound you? Not wound you in the back because any Brutus can stab a Caesar in the back. But no, wound you face to face and say, I love you and you're being stupid. Stop it. Wounds from a friend are better than many kisses from an enemy. Are you a true friend? Have you surrounded yourself with people who will tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear? I got some people, guys in my life right now, who I'm saying, you know, I'm wanting to lose weight. I'm trying to lose weight. And I, and I tell them, ask me questions about that. Now, if they see me coming out of Wendy's and I just ordered four triple cheeseburgers, they don't need to lie to me and tell me what I want to hear. Chris, have, have you grown taller? I, I mean, I, this past week I was watching Dr. Oz, and I am a heterosexual. And I was watching Dr. Oz, and Dr. Oz said this, that your waist should equal half of your height. After he said that, I wanted to punch him. But then I realized, see, my problem is that I'm just too short. 
If I was nine foot tall, I would be the perfect body weight. And I would also be named Goliath. You see, i got to surround myself with people who won't tell me what I want to hear, but will tell me what I need to hear and say, Chris, I love you. You're saying you want to go this direction, but is your actions matching that up? So let me tell you where this happens as we close here at One Church. Where does community happen? Where does doing life together happen here at One Church? Where does walking with the wise, you will grow wise, happen? Let me tell you where it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen in here. It doesn't happen with you looking at the back of somebody's head going, I think they need to shower. It happens when you, not just when you fill roles, but it happens when you turn your chairs and you get into a smaller group of people where you experience accountability, where you experience belonging, and where you experience care. You see, some of you right now, you're like, you know, life is going well for me. I feel like, you know, things are great. And that's great for you. And you're going to leave here and you're going to say, you know, I don't think I want to get into a community group. And that's fine. That's dandy. But you need to know this. You're in a good season right now. There's going to be a bummer season coming. When is the best time to pour concrete? When it's rainy or when it's sunny? When it's sunny. And some of you, you want to pour a foundation for community. You need to do that now while the times are good. Because when the rains hit, it's too late to surround yourself with people who will give you accountability, belonging, and care. you got to start now. Some of you are like, the rain's already hit, dude. I need some help. So here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to do this shamelessly. When you leave here, you will have to walk by some tables. And in, on each and every one of these tables, we have community groups. What a community group is, is a group of people Couples, singles, or mixed, couples and singles. We have a women's group meeting on Wednesday morning. We have a group meeting on Sunday night. We have a group meeting on Tuesday night. We have two groups meeting on Thursday night. And we have a college-age group. I mean, some of you are like, I'm just too busy. You don't know Thursdays. My shows come on. It's called TiVo. Some of you, when your life goes bad... Gray's anatomy is not going to fix it. You hear what I'm selling? It's only surrounding yourself with people, wise people, who will walk with you in good and bad times. So I'm asking you, will you join a group? You know, we don't do groups because somebody pays me to say, you got to talk about groups. I believe in this, guys. I am in a community group. Before one church ever started, we were in a community group because I believe there's sometimes I go through good seasons and everything's great. There's other times I'm struggling. I'm struggling with my faith and I'm a preacher who sometimes struggles with his faith. I got to hook up with other believers and walk with them so that when I'm down, they lift me up. Because sometimes I can play a fool. And if I'm around wise people, they're going to tell me, dummy, stop it. You need people like that too. You need to walk with wise people like that too. So I'm asking you to do that. Let me tell you, some of you, you're just like, Chris, listen, my spouse is coming home in a month. They're coming home in two months. And you need to know this. We're going to be doing another group link in March. So I'm asking you... 
you might just want to sign up now. You can sign up into a group, and then once your husband or wife comes home, then you can both attend that group. Because you think, some of you are like, man, when they get home, everything's going to be great. But it may not. Because they may have changed. And you have changed. And yeah, you can work through it, but you can, it's going to be a whole lot easier working through it with wise people. Some of you are going out and getting some pushback. You're saying, I, I'm going to wait. Fine, wait. But I'm telling you, if you wait too long, when those rains come, it's too late to start pouring that foundation. So why not today? Why not today? Why not try it today? Here's the cool thing. You try it. You're not signing up for a year and you're getting around people who are, you know, okay? You try it for six weeks. You try it for eight weeks. And if it ain't a fit, then you go, I love you guys. You're a little weird. I'm out of here. And guess what? You come to Group Link again. And you try to find some normal people. There are some out there. That's what I'm asking you to do. Will you do it? Here's the thing as we close. Solomon, he didn't take his own advice. You know, he wrote all of these wonderful Proverbs saying, you know, you got to walk with wise people. And guess what? He chose to walk with people who weren't wise. And it impacted his life. And his life started to drift. His morals started to drift. His relationship with God started to drift. And he was the wisest person in the world because it's not just wisdom. It's not just knowledge. It's not just showing up to grow up. No, it's surrounding yourself with wise people and doing life with them so that when things get crazy and you need help, they can come alongside you and say, I love you. I accept you. Let me help you with that. Let's pray. Dear God, we love you so much. Lord, that you have given us just normal, really easy verses from the Bible to understand about this. Lord, we don't have to be rocket scientists to understand that he who walks with the wise will grow wise but a companion of fools will suffer harm. We know that. Intuitively, we know that. But some reason, we, just, we have a tendency to just think it's just our kids or it's our teenagers. But no, it's us. I pray that every adult in here, that every adult in here, it's our goal at One Church to have every adult in a community group where they're... They're huddling around the Bible and they're learning and they're praying for one another. And they're laughing and they're having fun. But when those hard times hit, there are other people there in that huddle to pick them up off the ground and brush them off and saying, I'm with you. I'm not going to leave you. Lord, thank you so much. It's in Jesus' name that we pray.